loading. <laughs> We're in. Hello, Internet peeps. Welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast, episode 163. I'm Joe Dubs. And um, if you see on screen, uh, on if, if you're watching the video, um, I... Oh, I have. I was listening to our other thing, but if you were looking on the video, by the <laughs> way, um, there is a picture of a milk carton uh, with uh, Andy's picture on there. Uh, he's missing. Um, if you find him, please give us a call back at eight six seven five three zero nine. He was he was last seen in the Carolinas territory. He, he's chasing the. The NWA Jim Crockett promotion shows. Yes. Uh, most likely we'll get a call and uh, maybe you might see him next week. So find our friend Andy. But me and Zach, we, the show must go on. So me and Zach, we are going to do Demolition Man. Right. And, uh, you know, we've both seen this movie before, but since, you know, it's a fun action movie. I know I haven't seen it in a long time, so it was nice seeing it again. Um, but before we get into that, I usually say, guys, what the hell you've been playing or watching or doing. But, Zach, what the hell you've been watching, playing, or doing? The same stuff. Nothing's changed. Okay. <laughs> Persona, Forza, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And with me, um, I've been packing a lot. So, because I'm going to be moving this weekend. So, I've been packing up all my gaming stuff. I The only thing that I have out right now is the Series X uh, until that happens. And then after when we do our getting some color episode, I'm going to be dismantling my PC. So, that's Thursday is the last day I'm going to be using it. Um, but other than that, I, have, I haven't been uh, playing anything. I watched Demolition Man. So, I guess let's go straight into Demolition Man, huh? Yeah. So, boy, oh boy, this movie. I, I first of all, nineteen ninety six is a hell of a fucking year, huh? It seems like L A is just literally a war zone. Um, because a because movies in the nineties and especially the eighties as well, they always. I mean, crime has always been a problem in like. Uh, how can I put this? In a politically, whatever political climate that is not the right cities have bad crime <laughs> as me being like tiny a little political but everybody thought that like la would be a literal war zone like you know they'll there's fucking uh tanks and shit and fires breaking out and firefights and all that stuff um well, la had a lot of gang violence uh around that a little bit before uh, 94, I think, 93. There was quite a bit of stuff going on over there in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it starts off with them being in this building, uh, with like Wesley Snipes, uh, character who is, uh, Phoenix something, right? Simon Phoenix. Simon Phoenix! Phoenix! You know. Yeah. And then, uh, Detective Lieutenant John Spartan, uh, <laughs> Which, by the way, why is he wearing... It? This film is so, like, stupid, but fun. Because I'm just like, why is he wearing a beret? Like, he's he's in, he's in a cop, but I guess he's, like, some commando. 
I don't know. How come you never questioned Jill wearing a beret in Resident Evil? That is true. <laughs> that I never. He's a special cop. I guess so. Maybe, maybe he was. Maybe. Uh, by the way, the director is Marco Brambilla, and let me just look at his uh, his movies. He's only done two. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> this is great, dude. <laughs> Um, but he must have seen Jill Valentine and been like, we need to make John Spartan like a, a gender bender of fucking Jill Valentine. But this predates Resident Evil. When did this movie come out? Uh, 93. 93? Yeah, that's true. So Jill... the people in Japan, Capcom, saw this movie and then thought, we need to give Jill Valentine a beret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And by the way, um, if you haven't listened to our latest Get In Some Color episode, um, one of our WCW Saturday Night uh, uh, episode, Jesse Ventura is like, yeah, I've been Hollywood, and uh, you ever seen Wesley Snipes with blonde hair? And then Tony Schiavone's like, no, well, you, you will. will. <laughs> and uh, Jesse Ventura is in this, so that's how we got the idea of watching this movie. It's um, fucking funny because I saw his his name's like in the opening credits. Mm-hmm. I'm like two thirds of the way through the movie. I'm like, where the fuck's Jesse Ventura at? <laughs> it's like this. He's just in there for like maybe a grand total of five minutes. <laughs> you know, what's funny about Jesse Ventura is that he's been in a lot of movies in the 90s. I mean, he's, he's in fucking Predator. He's in fucking um, the Batman. One of the Batman movies as the guard. Um, oh, that was Batman Forever, and it was a bit part. He had more of a character in Predator. Yeah, um, but he's always like, besides Predator, because Predator, he's like a commando. He's supposed to be a good guy. Um, but most of his, <laughs> who knows? Uh, he spent tobacco on people, <laughs> calling them homosexual slurs. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all the other films, he's kind of playing like this villain or like a villain goon in a way. Um, but then again, that's like what most wrestlers when they are in movies. Uh, I mean, look at Suburban Commando, which, by the way, I watched. Like, I forgot to include that. I watched that last night because I was um, I'm going to tell you a uh, funny thing. So I have a separate Twitter account where I harass uh, Hulk Hogan, HH brother. On Twitter, ask, why are you harassing Hulk Hogan? I asked him how, which antifreeze tastes good to drink because you remember the part where the robbers are robbing the bank and he's like getting shot with his frozen gun and then he's like antifreeze. So I would just I've, always, I've actually never seen that movie. Really? <laughs> no, I was gonna ask you how it is because I've never fucking seen it. Oh my god, we should have watched that movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe another day. Uh, or Hulk Hogan movies. Yeah, or it, it, here's a because you know I'm gonna say right here I might be missing next next week, and maybe you and Andy should choose Suburban Commando because it it has Christopher Lloyd, it has Hulk Hogan. It's 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 another dumb movie, but it's a fun movie. It has the infamous line from the trailer because I guarantee everybody who's in our age group who watched like home video like VHS movies in the 90s if you got it from blockbuster you bought tapes whatever the fuck you saw that trailer hulk hogan suburban commando and he like attacked the mailman or something and then there's that one line 
Christopher Lloyd, I was frozen today. And there's like no fucking context for that line in the trailer. Well, he it just yells, I was frozen today. It's from that scene where uh, Hulk Hogan goes, Any freeze. And what happens is the robber by accident shoots Christopher Lloyd and he gets frozen. And that's why he delivers that line. I was frozen today. And I I highly recommend you guys watching it or at least someone watch it. It's a good movie. But anyway, I was leading to wrestlers being like goons because this is pretty rare because remember Undertaker, he never breaks his um he never breaks his uh, persona or character, but in this movie in Suburban Commando, he has like a baby voice, like a little boy voice. And it's just like, it, it kind of breaks his character a little bit, but he's also a goon from another planet, which, by the way, Hulk Hogan's an alien, <laughs> just so you know. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, let's get back to Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. So, Simon Phoenix is like this fucking infamous uh, killer, the criminal. He just super criminal, super criminal. And John Spartan is this infamous super cop, super cop, uh, which goes to like a building in L.A. Which apparently, or, or like a section. It do you know that uh Chaz thing that happened in Seattle uh, like during the summer? Where like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I, I guess Simon Phoenix kind of did that, where he just, like, said, this is our area, and if you choose to, like, I don't know, cops come in here or trains come in here and bus come in here, well, you're going to die. And apparently a bus came through his territory and took the passengers as hostage because the bus came through his territory, and that's why that shit was happening. That's what facilitated the whole opening scene. Yeah. And um <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous too, because like like when you watch um Escape from New York, which was made in like fucking night early eighties, whatever, it's like the the future nineteen ninety nine. It's like that's still kind of far off. But it's still like what the fuck happened? Like New York is a damn hellhole. Mm-hmm. But th- this is just like three years away, and it's like L.A. is a goddamn war zone. The Hollywood sign is burning. There's just fires everywhere. There's no power. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's amazing. Um, So, you know, they have, like, a fight. They're, like, shooting up. Uh, Simon, like, puts, like, gasoline on the ground. And yeah. that's where he gets that line. Ooh, it's getting cold in here or something like that. And he uh, throws the uh, his lighter I think it was a cigarette. Le- cigarette and pretty much blows up the fucking building. And uh, Fien- uh, Simon Phoenix says, you know, the passengers are not here and ki- kind of lies to him. And then, like, the captain comes in and says, I told you that you're not supposed to be here. Blow it up the damn buildings. Just your ordinary cop that, like, t- tells the super cop that, you know, you're a bad cop, even though you can't. Goddamn it, Spartan. The mayor's been up my ass all day. He doesn't want you coming down here blowing buildings up. Yep. <laughs> well, like, the thing is, though, at this point, we don't know if what Simon Phoenix told us was true or not. Mm-hmm. Granted, he is a criminal. He's a super criminal. <laughs> Trust anything he says anyway. But we've seen no visual evidence other up until then when, like, 
a fucking fireman comes up is like, uh, chief, there's there's a bunch of bodies. We found them. And then Spartan's like, fuck. And then they're just like, you're you're getting the book thrown at you. Fuck it, Spartan. You, you fucked up big this time. Yeah. And it, what's funny is like they do this like weird camera angle where like the cops are holding him back. So like you see each head of the cop and then you see like the the captain's head just come from the corner. He's like, you better get a good lawyer. And then, and I was like, I was like, okay, that was kind of funny because like Phoenix is like teasing him. He's like, he just, he killed all those people. He's a monster and all that stuff kind of egging him on. Um, but anyway, both of them get a uh, sentence to fucking get frozen to death until like, uh, so like seventy years fucking pass or something. Well, they did say seventy years, but they both got out thirty years later, which was like twenty forty something. And I think it was twenty thirty six. Yeah, which by the way is still kind of, you know, we're in twenty twenty one. We're we're close to that year, and it does not look anything near like that. And by the way, uh, I don't know what copy you watched. Did you have Taco Bell as the the lasting franchise that won? Yeah. What did you? Did they do something different in your in Europe? They have Pizza Hut. So. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. What? That's so weird. Yeah. So the copy I had was a Pizza Hut. Um. And by the way, they didn't they didn't do takes for that. So Sylvester Stallone said Taco Bell. But it was dubbed to say Pizza Hut. It was weird. Um, I, I, th- I feel like I remember there was some reason behind that, and I, it's been too long since so I read about it. But well, oh, I, I know Taco Bell and Pizza Hut kind of become under the same umbrella at some point because I remember, and uh, I haven't been to a Taco Bell restaurant because I order shit now, and I don't order any Pizza Hut from a Taco Bell. But at some point, Pizza Hut was part of the Taco Bell franchise and you could buy Pizza Hut things. Okay, here's here's the official word. The European version of the film substitutes Taco Bell Pizza Hut because t- at that time, Taco Bell is not as well known outside of the U.S. Both restaurant chains are owned by Yum Brands. So there you go. They, they're both owned by the same parent company. Yep, so I was, you know, right. Uh, you just gave the, uh, the more in-depth uh, wording on it. But, um, you know, they're frozen, uh, and, and, you know, they're released. Simon Phoenix was released first, and um, which, by the way, we have to talk about what's happening and how the city looks. The city looks very, very dystopian. Uh, And what I mean by dystopian, it looks very futuristic. It looks too clean. It looks... Well... Before that, even, I got to ask this, and it's that I like how they're they're just very quick to arrest Spartan and freeze him. Mm-hmm. And they don't even they don't even really question what actually happened. They just assumed he'd blow up the fucking building. Not that this Simon Phoenix guy who's known for being a super chemical criminal would blow up a building anyway. Yeah. They're just like, fuck it. It's your fault. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> well, to be fair. This is California, so so they yeah so their their justice system is probably flawed in '96, just like how it is today. Uh, yeah. but like we're in the we're in the future now, and like you were saying, it is I would 
on the surface, it looks very uh, utopian. Yes. Very clean. There's, there's lots of nice buildings. Everybody's driving future cars that self-drive themselves. They, they can drive themselves. Or you can be like, oh, I want to drive. I'm bored. And you can drive. Um, there's, But then weird stuff starts happening. Like everybody's really, really, really nice. Yes. Too nice. And if you say curse words, there's always a fucking tape dispenser to shoot out a violation at you if you say bullshit that they're they're everywhere it's it's so scary what i I shouldn't say that it's so eye-opening that this movie was made in 1993 now keep in mind 1984 was around so everything feeds off of 1984 when it becomes a dystopian society in movies um but it's so like eye-opening to see like stuff that we're dealing with today um, whether that be censorship on how you say things, uh, going back to that machine that tells you not to curse, like you should be allowed to curse whenever you want to. Um, you know, the whole human, especially in church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, human contact. That's another thing. They don't, they don't high five. They have to do be well and be well. Yeah. And people that are in audio, I'm doing the, their hands are about to touch, but they kind of wave in front of it. Like they rotate their hands. Um, Star Trek bullshit or something. Yeah. So like I, I was comparing that to like how we're, you know, they're doing the whole social distancing thing. I know I'm kind of like grasping at straws, but there's other things, um, especially when we get to Dennis Leary's, like, uh, you know, when they go into sewers and he's like, I want to, Pour jello all over my body naked and you know saying i'm an oscar liar wiener because i fucking felt like doing it um that's another thing that's kind of eye-opening but to- well, we're, we're kind of jumping all around but the really what i think you're trying to say is uh in this new society in the future it's like everything like there's been no deaths like no violent deaths in like 16 years i think they said yeah and uh, speech is heavily monitored and censored, and everybody has like a weird chip in them, and they track everybody with that. And that's your money's linked to that too. Nobody exchanges currency anymore; it's all digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and the po- everybody's like super duper uber nice, and it's weird. But uh, I did want to mention real quick uh, this: the, some of the story for this movie is actually based off of two sci-fi novels. Uh, one is Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, which I have heard of before and haven't read. Which, and, which by the way, Huxley is Sandra Bullock's character. Yeah, she's named after him and uh, one of the characters in his book. It's like her name and his name put together. Mm-hmm. And then H.G. Uh, Wells' The Sleeper Awakens, which I have read some H.G. Wells, but I have not read The Sleeper Awakens. Yeah, I've never, I, I've never heard of those books, um, but yeah, like again, everything feeds off of 1984, and sort of. Well, this came, these came out around that time. They were contemporaries. I think Brave New World might predate. Actually, Brave New World does predate 1984. That came out in 1932. Oh shit! Yeah. So, but um, yeah, the, the world, the world is weird. Like, you, I think you brought up a good point. On the surface, it's very utopian, but when you start like looking at it. You're just kind of like, ah, oh, it's kind of everything's being controlled. 
Um, and sometimes having too much control um, could be a bad thing. Uh, but Simon Phoenix is being released first. And in the back of your mind as a viewer, you're just like, why is he being released first? And then you see like the handcuffs be released. And I like that one line. He's like, how did you know the uh, password? I don't know. <laughs> or he's like, I'm paraphrasing. He's like, I don't even know either. And he kills him. Um, and he takes the warden's eyeball out and uses it, you know, because everything is scanned through uh, a retina scan. And uh, he's released. And I I really enjoyed Phoenix's timeline when he gets out first because he's, like, trying to... First, he goes to, like, a, a payphone uh, where he's, like, looking at databases. And he, he's he's doing this like he knows how to do it. Uh, because apparently, when you're frozen to death in, in jail, um, they're pumping you with, like, information and skills and stuff. So It's part of your rehabilitation. You're going to learn a skill that is uh, apparently determined through, like, your genetic code, like what you have the most aptitude for. Mm -hmm. But it gets revealed later that Phoenix got special rehabilitation that was not really rehabilitation. Yeah, he knows uh, he knows how to like unlock buildings. He knows how to drive cars. He knows how to do computers. He has access to technology and stuff. So like, he's given all this stuff. And while he's on the computer in the payphone, by the way, um, which but guy standing there talking to the fucking the computer, and he's he's like, I'm feeling bad. Please, he's talking to the computer, and it's like you're a good person, and everybody likes you. And he's like, well, thank you. And then he just comes up behind him and he's like, get the fuck out of the way. And he's like, burr. <laughs> and he like gives him a violation immediately. By the way, I kind of want to point this out. While the characters, uh, and what I mean by characters, I mean John Spartan and uh, Simon Phoenix, when they're cursing, like you could hear in the distance the, the machine going off. And yeah. I, I really like that touch because it's like, oh, it, it's really keeping track wherever they are. Um, my favorite gag they do with that is like after this jumped ahead just a little but like after they unthaw uh, uh spartan stallone's character and they're trying to brief him about what the hell's going on and shit and it's like they didn't really want to do it the, the the fucking chief of police is an asshole and thinks stallone's just uh like some kind of like crow magnum pre-human thug or whatever mm -hmm. because of his record or whatever and, and, like, he keeps cussing and stuff, and he, he's getting the violations, and then he, he, he goes to use the bathroom, he comes back, and he's like, there's no toilet paper. And that's when everybody starts making fun of him. The three she, 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 seashells. He does not like Rob Schneider's fucking, yeah, Rob Schneider's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't know how to use the three seashells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He looks at him like, <laughs> and, like, at some point, he just starts, he, he's cursing more, and he's getting more violations, and he goes up to him, he's like, fuck, shit, goddamn piss ass bitch and he just gets like eight and he's like i'll be right back and he goes to the fucking bathroom because he doesn't have toilet paper with him yeah that, that, that's a chuckle out of that that was my favorite bit as well um yeah so you know phoenix is there he uh he's accessing the computer and then you hear like in his mind um he's like you need to kill uh what do you call it? dennis leary's edgar friendly um and you're just like, who is that character? Which you find out later on that it's uh, Dr. Raymond Cocteau, um, who's like the founder of this city 
way of life. This mega metropolis where they combined like three of the biggest metro cities in that area. What did what'd she say? Huxley said it was like San Diego, Los Angeles, and something. Uh, One and he, he's like the mayor, the super mayor. So that got me thinking. So does that mean just California is this utopian place of what's going on? Because I, I thought about that. Like, even though we're in this story of this, you know, John Spartan versus Simon Phoenix, I'm like, what is happening around the world? Are, are they living like what we're seeing on screen right now? Or is this just California? I think it's just that super metropolis area. I keep saying super for everything, but that's just how they present it all. Uh, it was a joke, but now I can't stop doing it. <laughs> the, the, the super metropolis, it, it seemed like, is what they were saying. Like, he, he founded this way of life because, like, she tells him, Huxley tells uh, Spartan there was a massive earthquake and a bunch of people died and there was a bunch of awful shit going on until this guy got in control somehow. And they never really say what the rest of the United States or the world is like outside of that super metropolis. Mm-hmm. Super Los Angeles. <laughs> super, super. Um, but after that, uh, the cops come, by the way. Because if you remember in the beginning, before uh, the warden dies and everything, like Sandra Bullock's character, uh, Huxley, uh, is like talking to the warden and stuff about... Well, I forgot she was she was talking something about, is there any action, I guess? You know, anything? She's like, oh, no, there's never any action. She's like, yeah, but do you want there to be any? And he's like, oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it shows her, like, driving to work, and she kind of, like, the, the car is driving itself, and then she's like, no, I want to drive now. And it's indicating, like, she's kind of bored with life. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you get in the police station there, you can tell, like, her office, or she has a bunch of stuff from the 20th century in there. And they all say, like, this is all illegal contraband. And it's just shit like a Red Hot Chili Peppers poster and, like... Lethal Weapon 4. A, ga- a gag a gag thing. There's a snake flies out of a can or whatever. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean Lethal Weapon 2. 4 didn't come out by that time. Um... This is a small nitpick, but like, you know, the guy says illegal contraband, right? But like the chief keeps on going in and out of her office and like he doesn't get angry. And I'm just like, isn't that illegal contraband? Why you have like, but then again, he's like, ah, it's it's my best officer. I don't, you know, I don't want to do anything, but I digress on that. Um, So the cops roll up on Phoenix and dude, they don't know what the fuck to do. They're they're listening to, like, a Siri type of person telling them how to, like, do police work. Like, so the thing is, like, shout out orders, you know, please, you know, put your hands up or something like that. Surrender to the police in a forceful tone. Yeah. And then he's, like, listening to it. He's holding the computer in his hand. He's looking over at Phoenix, and he's like, okay, uh, please uh, stand down. Put your hands behind your head. And then he just looks at him, and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> and they just don't know how to react to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that's when he, the computer tells him, do the same thing with a you know an angrier tone and to say or else at the end. And the or else is when you know Simon Phoenix pretty much fucks him all up. Uh, the graf- Which, by the way, when you spray graffiti, 
in that town, um, spikes come out and like spark the wall clean, and yeah. and, and so Phoenix, uh, there was one cop that was like sitting on the wall behind the payphone, I guess, to kind of like hide and from him or just stand onto the side so he doesn't see him. He sees him and then he turns on the spark thing because Simon Phoenix knows how to use computers and stuff. Um, but uh, he he's leaving a trail of dead bodies, which, by the way, uh, because everybody has a chip on them. So when they die, it like gets a red alert at at, at that police station. Murder, death, kill. Yeah, murder, death, kill. <laughs> Murder, death, kill. Murder, death, kill. Like, like eight, like eleven came in all at once, and they're like everybody standing there at the police station, like in the the bullpen, I guess. They're all like, "Oh my god!" Rob Schneider been, throws up. He goes and vomits, and then he's like, "There's been eleven murder, death, kills. What, what, what's happening?" <laughs> and by the way, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Um, the the old black guy. Oh, uh, Zachary Lamb. Um, is his character? Uh, so he's he, a helicopter pilot, I think, in the beginning. Yeah, and uh, he kind of gives you know the background. He's like Simon Phoenix, and gives him like he's the most super criminal ever. He's done a lot of <laughs> killing and stuff, and gives the super ba- dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so like Huxley's kind of like she's. Disgusted, but also excited at the same time because this is the action kind of what she's been asking for a little bit. I I mean, I won't say she wants people dead, um, but there's something to do because in the beginning when she's driving to work or, you know, the car is driving for her, um, she, she asks the computer, is there anything that, you know, I need to patrol? And the computer says, nope, <laughs> go back to the station. Uh, so, you know... In a way, she's kind of excited. Uh, and, you know, her, Zachary Lamb, uh, the Spanish dude, I forgot his name, the one that talked about the contraband. What's his name? I'm looking at Alfredo Garcia is the character's name. <laughs> I didn't even know. Yeah, all, his name is Officer Gar- Garcia. I never knew his name was Alfredo. So Officer Garcia um, and the chief, they're all talking uh, because he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm the, I'm the chief of police, and I don't know how to handle this. And is we're that... police. We weren't trained to handle this kind of violence. Yeah, th- that's another. Gr- yeah, that's another great line. And that's when they bring up the idea. Well, Zachary Lamb says we need a old fashioned cop for an old fashioned criminal. Uh, and that's when they, you know, unfreeze uh, John Spartan. And uh, he comes back and he's like, "Can I can I get a Marlboro <laughs> to Officer Garcia?" And he's like about to walk and he's like, "What is that?" He's like, "A, a cigarette." <laughs> and and this is where we learn more about the 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 city is cigarettes, alcohol, yeah, and I think ca- food, caffeine, yeah, uh, yeah, uh everything pretty much mm-hmm. every everything even salt even salt is not allowed mm-hmm. so you know you get that scene and we learn more things uh because 
I, they don't even say it in the beginning of the movie. You learn it during this scene that he had a wife and they kind of put like a sad music and then they talk about the daughter, but then they stop. And if I remember correctly, because I know this is kind of jumping around a little bit when he's driving back after Taco Bell or Pizza Hut, um, he, she's like, do you want to go visit your daughter? daughter because she like gives an idea that the daughter's still alive and he's like nah and i and i got confused a little bit i was like don't you want to see your daughter but then no (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh this is when he uh you know gets dressed up as a cop Uh, am i missing anything no pretty much he gets his gear he he gets a police uniform and he has a shock stick Mm mm-hmm and I forgot what they called it, but uh, they go to get Phoenix. They go to find Phoenix. They go to like some park where uh, that doctor guy is. I forget his name. He's got what you just said his name a little while ago. He has like a strange name. Oh, uh, Doctor Raymond Cocktoo. Yeah, Cocktoo. I should remember that because it's so bizarre. But <laughs> like him and his fucking Tony assistant are out there talking and they kind of implicate themselves in that little scene with the two of them that he, uh, he's the one that's responsible for unthawing Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, he basically unthawed him, gave him all of his, uh, rehabilitation programs, which is like computer skills and uh, everything he would need to like, be able to traverse the modern world. Yeah. And enhance fighting skills and all this shit to, assassinate some guy we don't that we don't know yet uh and then phoenix comes out he, he goes to the museum to, to steal guns yes because that's where Which, all the guns are because like the, 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 back at the police station they're they're like the the damn chief police is all like well, what you don't know anything you crow magnum piece of shit you should go back in the fridge and he's like well i can tell you right now he's gonna go for a gun you know what i'm saying like <laughs> he's just He's like, he's gonna go for a gun. I know it. God damn it. <laughs> well, so, the chief, the chief says, well, he's gonna like, he must be doing some drug operation. He might be starting up like a like a business, an yeah. illegal business or something. He's like, he's not gonna start a business. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's gonna go find a gun. And I have to point out bullshit, by the way, in this museum. Why is there ammo inside the guns? inside of a museum like wouldn't you think like a society that is against violence why would you have a uh, i already thought in my head that they don't know about weapons um <laughs> so. yeah, well yeah that's to preserve history and nobody has violent thoughts anymore nobody gets mad they tell them to slow their relax resuscitate your relaxation or some stupid bullshit they have like some dumbass phrase for everything mm-hmm. and uh nobody has violent impulses anymore because nobody's died violently in 16 years so that's like look these are the live rounds that used to go in these murder machines (laughs) and phoenix just walks in there and he's looking for the guns he's like oh here it is he's trying to like get in there break the glass he can't do it he's doing like fucking karate kicks and shit he can't break the glass until this dude this dude comes up to him he's like uh sir what is your bottle that's this line always cracked me up because of the way fucking Wesley Snipes says this. He just looks at him like, my boggle. 
and he's like, how much do you weigh? And he's like, well, fuck it. He just throws them through the glass and takes the guns. Yeah. Which, which, by the way, I like the futuristic, I guess, railgun, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> Some kind of pulse rifle or something. I don't know. Yeah. But so we get that, like, shooting action scene between Sylvester Stallone, which, by the way, like, the uh, when he has the light fixture that goes through the glass, like, the, it looks like an L.A. street back in the 20th century, just all dirty and stuff. So they have... Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know what was up with that. Was that part of the exhibition you just looked underneath the glass and saw that yeah it's it's i guess it's kind of like how other like museums that have it like when you look down it's like oh this is how the cave people uh you know live during this time or whatever and they'll just have like fake cave people uh, i'll go to fancy pants museum but i don't know <laughs> uh so after that scene you know he uh simon phoenix comes out of like a skylight or whatever um because you know John Spartan's kind of fucked up a little bit. He's not killed, but like he gets shot with the pulse rifle and shit blows up and stuff. Uh, they have a fight. They have a fist fight. And he kind of gets his ass kicked a little. Yeah. So Simon Phoenix comes out and there's Dr. Cocteau with the associate Bob. Um, and Simon Phoenix has some debt to rights. And remember, he's a super criminal who doesn't give a shit and he's a. MDK, he, he murders a lot of people, doesn't shoot him. And then that's when that's when he, he tries. Yeah. But he can't. He like points the gun at him. He's just like shit. Which he which later on he finds a, a loophole. But uh this is where you see Dr. Cocktail just being like, You need you have a job. You I told you you need to kill Edgar Friendly because the way Cocteau is seeing um, the so-called sewer people, which we'll talk about soon when it comes to Taco Bell and Pizza Hut night, dinner night. Um, so he's like, we need to get rid of him. You know, we need to eradicate because technically Edgar Friendly is the leader, even though he doesn't see himself as a leader. Uh, until later on, he's kind of like, yeah, we, you know, we decided to get out of there. Um, but he wants him dead. He wants to get rid of these people. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like what's going on in California with the homeless people. It's like, we need to get, we need to get rid of them. It's just a filth on our street. It's, that's how I like looked at it a little bit. It's like, these are, you know, filth and, you know, their ways of living is terrible. Uh, this, this movie hits different now than what it used to. Because, like, oh, back when it came out, like, I'm not saying all these things weren't really pro – I don't remember California having a – specifically in Los Angeles having a really bad homeless problem like 25 fucking years ago or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, there, there was crime. There was gang violence. I brought that up earlier. Yeah. Uh, but – Stuff a lot of stuff's happened since then, and it's like some of these movies people watch and they watch them again. It's like, oh wow, all this weird shit with the fucking political correct speech and you, no cussing and no bad thoughts, mm -hmm. no none of that stuff. It, it, it like people make jokes with like the time travel and Simpsons and all that stuff. It kind of like it's like, oh wow, you know, the shit actually came to life and all that stuff down the road. But anyway. Um, you know, he tells him to kill Edgar Friendly, and 
that's when we go into uh well, he goes into the sewer. I like when he opens up the sewer cap by the way. Woo! Smells like home. Love it smell. Smells like biscuits and gravy. Yeah. <laughs> <He> jumps <laughs> in there. <laughs> like that that's when uh, I think that's when Spartan sees him with the uh, cocktail and then he tries to like shoot him because he just got back out of that fucking hole or whatever the shit. Yeah. He and- missed, he got away, and then he acts like, Oh, you saved me. Yeah. Thank you. He's like, you're going to come dine with me at Taco Bell. And he's like, <laughs> Taco, Taco Bell? Bell? Taco Bell, really? And he's like, well, I am hungry. <laughs> yeah, uh, so apparently, uh, the franchise wars, there was a franchise war that happened, and uh, Taco Bell slash Pizza Hut was the last franchise standing, apparently. What the fuck was the franchise war? Did they have, like... PMC forces that fought each other in this war or something. I, I, I probably, I don't know, maybe a proxy war. Um, just cap- yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they hired a bunch of mercenaries to just fight each other's armies until somebody just, all right, fuck it, buy us out, we're done. <laughs> Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, as it is. Uh, but um, they they go eat, which by the way, it's so weird seeing like Taco Bell or Pizza Hut, like this grand fucking restaurant where there's like valet and shit and all that stuff. She's uh, like, well, Huxley explains like, no, this is a yes, it's the franchise war. Like every restaurant is Taco Bell now, mm-hmm. so it's just a fancy restaurant branded Taco Bell. Yeah, <laughs> they serve weird bullshit tacos or something. <laughs> He gets the food there, and it's just like a bunch of like little, little teeny tiny tortillas with little itty bitty portions. And he's like, "Good thing I'm hungry." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the fucking funniest part about that though is like when they go in there, and there's like, yeah, it's like a lounge, and everybody's like dressed really nice. And there's some guy playing a piano, and he's singing a commercial from the 20th century. Oh yeah, it's, that's the like, oldie station. The, the oldie station is just commercials from the 20th century. It's like there's no music. There's no regular music anymore. It's just commercial jingles. Mm-hmm. And they're like driving around in the car and they're, they're like some fucking ad for hot dogs plays. They sing it enthusiastically. Armor hot dogs. <laughs> He's just like, somebody put me back in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's a, you know, probably a jab at commercialism and shit, you know. Hmm. I would say. I mean, th- this movie's clearly, very clearly, like a satire. It's real on the nose. There's nothing real cerebral about any of this. Yeah, and this is where friction happens between Cocteau and uh, John Spartan because I, I forgot like the actual uh, conversation, but it's kind of like he brings up old stuff. He's like, oh. You know that way it never really worked. Our way is better, and I'm paraphrasing. And then, yeah, and then some lady, some stuck up lady sitting there eating with them. She's like, what if I called you like a savage, regressed, like human piece of shit? Oh, no, or whatever. Thanks. Thanks. And then she's just like, like that didn't that didn't insult him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's when uh, John Spartan sees like the one guy on like a Mad Max fucking motorcycle just like rolling by. Uh, and he's like. Uh, call backup. Uh, shit's about to go down. Like again, paraphrasing. He comes out. He takes like a pole and he starts fucking like knocking everybody out with the shit. 
Uh, and then th that's when he finds out that they're all just trying to get food. And, you know, Cocteau is uh, showing him his colors again. He's like, these fiends, you know, we need to get rid of them and all that stuff. He's like, I don't know. I shouldn't be doing it. They want food, damn it. I mean, I know it's wrong what they're doing, but it's, they're just hungry. And, you know, they're all disgusted and stuff. And uh, he just kind of leaves. And um, they go back home to... Uh, Everybody, again, showing that everybody doesn't own a house. Everybody's in apartments now. Um, well, except the elite, probably. Uh, but anyway, Huxley has an apartment, and she set up his apartment, which is down the hall. Um, and they go into her apartment, and she politely asks if, you know, John Spartan wants to have sex. And Boy, straight up. It's like with yeah. with you, <laughs> with you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's he takes off his jacket and he he's like wearing his like weird tuxedo thing in the future, uh, with his muscles just fucking coming out and shit. Future tuxedo, yeah. And um, you know he's smelling his breath to make sure that you know it's it's good. And she comes <laughs> she comes out with his like VR headset, puts it on him. Puts it on her, and he's like, we're going to have sex? And she's like, yeah, just relax and let the sex begin. So when you close your eyes, apparently you go to this virtual space and you have sex. So it's literally VR porn, um, just with like your own bodies as the models of the characters. And um, this is when he freaks out, and he... Which, by the way, he, he starts like the Wumba Wumba, the Hunka Chunka. And I'm like, is that even real? Like, does, is there a move called the Hunka Chunka? I never really looked that up because I didn't want to Google it. Well, uh, it was just euphemisms for sex or whatever. Yeah. And but, uh, he, she's just like, no, uh, no, gross. And then she explains like, no, there's no transferable bodily fluids anymore because there was AIDS. And there was like all these other, she lists like, uh, made up diseases that we never experienced mm -hmm. uh and then he's like what about kissing and she's like oh not even that and he's like that was a good kisser though <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of tries to like put the moves on her to get her to do it for real and then like she does it's the classic movie thing it's like there's tension and the dude kind of sort of backs her into a corner or a wall and it's like uh and then she's like john spartan you're disgusting. Get get out of my apartment now. And then, you know, my domicile. And he's just like, for real? <laughs> like, it didn't work. And he just like, gets out. He's just all dejected. Well, which, which, by the way, is funny because, like, in today's standards, right, they'll look at that scene and be like, he literally raped her. Because <laughs> some, some psychos will. It's just, yeah. goddamn, it's a fucking movie. Relax. Because <laughs> uh, uh, right when the part when he goes... You know, he does that head nod kind of thing and then leaves. It's kind of like the, the guy being like, well, I tried. Oh, well, didn't go well. I'm going to go now. Like how most men do normally today is like, I made my move. Didn't work out. I guess I move on with my life. But I guess I'll go play Call of Duty. Fuck it. Yeah. Which, by the way, <laughs> which, which by the way before the VR porn um, that happened, uh, Huxley gives him like a 
security footage, uh, which is like a mini disc, kind of like what the GameCube disc are. Um, actually reminded me of like a PSP thing. Yeah, that's... It had like a little casing around it and stuff. UMD? Um, yeah. So, you know, he goes back to his apartment, which, by the way, I like because, like, in the middle area, I guess there's, like, a coffee table or whatever. He, like, breaks the glass, and he gets, like, pissed, like, lights, because every, everything's uh, voice activated. Um, and he, you know, turns on the TV, and literally, <laughs> another funny part, like, a naked girl comes up, because I guess she called the wrong apartment, she, like, tits are hanging out. And, Whoa. Hey. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And uh, that's when he puts the security tape in, and then he sees and hears, by the way, good audio in the future, I guess, throughout the whole city, because I guess those computers hear when you curse. So we'll hear in the camera when he's talking to Simon Phoenix, and that's when no kiss, kiss, no bang, bang. Remember that? <laughs> what he says to him? Um,. So that's when he knows that Cocteau is an asshole and the reason why Simon Phoenix is out. And which, by the way, the skill, the rehab program that John Spartan knew was knitting. Um, he opened up the case that had like his old shit in it, and there was like a big ball of yarn in there. And there's a gun, by the way. Did you see that? I did see the gun. Yeah. But he's just like watching that fucking security footage and he just starts like rolling the yarn around his arm. It's like he's on autopilot and he starts knitting. And then like the next day he comes out, he comes up to Huxley at the police station. And he has like a fucking sweater. Yeah. He's just like, I made this for I made, you. I'm sorry about last night. I made this for you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, I don't know why, but ever since I got out of here, I've felt this deep seated need to knit. <laughs> And then she tells him about the rehabilitation thing, and he's like, "So I'm a seamstress. I'm, I'm a seamstress." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I just forgot. Uh, we learned more about the freezing program at Taco Bell. Um, the reason why he got angry is because he's like, "You think that we were asleep when I saw my wife banging on the the, the ice box or whatever?" And I I know I I had nightmares and all that stuff. So he was technically awake during being frozen uh and then that's when uh you know huxley kind of like said i thought this never happened and he's like oh kind of doing like it doesn't don't worry about it yeah he's just, he's just a fool yeah we have we never everything's not perfect kind of thing uh argument but uh so john spartan decides all right we need to go to uh dr cocktoo's uh workplace and arrest him pretty much or you know accuse him and huxley's like you know don't be so subtle or whatever no she's like he's like i'm gonna do it subtle and she's like okay and then he goes he just fucking barges in and starts yelling and shit and she's like real subtle and then he like he's on all these video monitors or some shit i guess when he's having like telecom meetings or whatever the fuck Mm mm-hmm and he's like, I'm not there right now. I'm busy. And he just fucking shoots all of his monitors. <laughs> it starts grilling him. And then eventually it's like, he, I, I got confused by this because like, it's like, I'm not here, but it looked like they, they don't jump cut, but they cut to another, almost 
another angle or another area in that scenery, and he's got him at gunpoint. I'm like, what the? Where'd he go? Yeah. Like, how did that happen? That kind of lost me. Because he was in the next room by the desk by the fireplace, which is in that area, which is kind of like annoying because like literally there's nothing in that area besides the tables and the desk. Like if he was talking, you would literally hear him across the room because of the echo. And because because yeah. he's sitting in the chair with the chair looking that way and, you know, having the chair back. So like when he's looking at the camera um for the you know the other seats and stuff you know that that's how he was talking to them and that's when he got the you know gun to his head and he's accusing of him and pretty much cocktail's like i had enough of you um you're going back into the icebox because i think we skipped a scene um where phoenix is in there and uh cocktail's like lights he's like no i changed it illuminate delumate and um that's where he brought up the idea. It's like, all right, I'll kill your, uh, you know, guy. I just need you to get some men for me. And that's one of them is Jesse Ventura. Uh, that's where he comes in. Yeah. He doesn't say a damn thing. He's just a big thug. And he shoots some people. Yep. And that that's it. He actually kills a cocktoo. Mm-hmm. Because there's like a scene later. Because like all this builds up to where... Uh, he uh spartan gets the ideas like we need to go underground because we're the only place we've never searched for to find phoenix <coughs> nobody wants to go the police don't want to bother with it nobody nobody wants to go in the sewers because that's where the sewer people live he's like that's where he is but they go down there and they discover there's like a whole fucking society of people that live underneath the city it's like some final fantasy 7 shit or something <laughs> and uh he has a rat burger and a beer and all there's just a bunch of, they look almost like homeless people, but it's really literally, it's really a society of people that just don't live in the society above them. Uh huh. Cause that's, but, where, that's where we get the scene because he's looking for Edgar friendly and he finds yeah. it. And Edgar Friendly's like, Oh, you know, because I remember you, you fucked up our, you know, getting food. What, what the fuck is your problem? And he's like, I'm not here for you. I'm here for Simon Phoenix. And I think they're trying to kill you. Um, and then that's where we got the famous scene. Where he's like, the reason why, you know, I'm down here is because I don't want to follow what Cocktoo has done, which pretty much means I want to do what I want, when I want, where I want. Say what I want. I want to do this. I want to eat cheeseburgers and macaroni and cheese and, 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 and bacon and have high cholesterol and, and drink alcohol and I want to do everything mm. whenever I want, you know. And then <coughs> Phoenix and all his goons show up to, to kill that guy. And there's a big shootout, there's a fight, but then they get away because they didn't, I, I guess they didn't count on all of them having guns because mm. they all live underground and don't follow the rules anyway. And then there's like, oh, fuck, it, it backfired because there's like way more people that have guns down there than them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just fucking escapes and Phoenix or not Phoenix, uh, fucking Spartan has to go after him and they find that old fucking Oldsmobile get it and they have a car chase it's pretty cool oh and Huxley says things wrong like before they go into the sewer he's like let's blow these guys let's blow <laughs> these guys away 
Oh, way. <laughs> she's like she always says some kind of old saying wrong. It's just shit that you know you've heard people say. She's like, let's let's lick their asses, and he's like, kick, kick <laughs> their asses. <laughs> they don't do it too much. It's it's just it, it happens just enough to not be so annoying or something. Yeah, we we get another scene where she goes, chief, you could take this job and shovel it, and he's like, close enough. Shove it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say shove it. He just says, oh, close enough. Um, but anyway, uh, another great scene that I like uh, when he's talking to Edgar Friendly, like Edgar Friendly, like points this like double shoddy or whatever, um, double barrel shoddy. And she's like, what are you going to do? Uh, threaten us with your primitive weapons? And he just like fucking shoots one round into like this steel thing. And it, there's like a big ass hole. And she's like, I guess not so primitive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that all that stuff happens. They have the car chase. And get Phoenix manages to get away anyway. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they're they're at Cocktoo's office. They're all there. And he's like, "All right, well, I didn't get him, but I'm gonna get you." And then he's like, he's getting Ray Poise guy. He's like, "Wait a minute, hang on." And he gives it to Jesse Ventura. He just fucking murders him. And they throw him in the fire in his fucking office. Yeah, because I, I think... Take care of that problem. Because <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Simon Phoenix was, like, talking to the goons up there. He's like, we need to get rid of, you know, this fucking Dr. Cocktoo, but we need to get rid of Edgar Friendly and John Spartan to kind of, like... Because he's going to be, like, the new guy, the new... Who owns this city. Um, the new super mayor. Yeah. And he's he's got a plan. He's gonna unthaw all the the multi lifer criminals in the the cryo facility. Well, not the cr like eight, eight, huh? Not the crazy ones. He's gonna keep those in there because he wants to be the number one. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there's like eighty guys. He's gonna unthaw some super dangerous criminal murder death kill guys. Yeah. And uh, we get we get that cool car scene, and we also get the uh, part where. John Spartan's like, you Mickey Mouse piece of shit, and he turns into a cannoli. Uh, <laughs> he he was, uh, During that fight scene, he manages to like get, eject Phoenix out of the car, but he doesn't get run over or anything, so he just pretty much causes him to escape. <laughs> yeah. And he, he can't control the car. It's like the car was not obeying his commands, and he, he can't drive it, and he fucking ramps it over the police station water fountain, and a bunch of foam comes out. It protects him from dying or being seriously injured, but he's trapped in this foam. Yeah, like he punches his way out. Duh! <laughs> um, but this is the scene uh, where, like, they're, all the underground people are, like, being let out by Dennis Leary or Edgar Friendly's character. And, um, like, the chief's going crazy. Like, you should be in jail and all that stuff. And the chief is so, like, a cuck. Like, he doesn't know what to do. He, he doesn't, like, order his men to, like, get him. Um, they don't get him. They pretty much just, like, arrest him. And they just kind of stand there and watch him. Yeah. And he's getting in the car. And he's like, I told you you're under arrest. You need to stop. And he's like, no. And he gets in the car, actually. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, you're fired. She's like, yeah, take your job and shovel it. Yeah. And they just leave. And he's like, yeah. Well, I like where he's like, I need one gun, no, two guns. And he, like, takes uh, the underground people's guns, and they, they pretty much go after Simon Phoenix, because Simon Phoenix is, 
back at the cryo center doing, you know, unlocking all the criminals. And I like I'm the part. Yeah, I like the part where he's like, we, uh, I don't need your services anymore. And he just starts fucking shooting them up. He just murdered him. Because, yeah, he's like, fuck this shit. Fuck this cryo freeze bullshit. He's going to. He's going to rule the super L.A., be the new super mayor. Yep. And uh, we get another action scene. Um, kind of like doing a full circle from the beginning and all that stuff where, you know, he's fighting. And then um, out of nowhere, um, the whatever freezes the the criminals, it's like in a little ball or whatever, like a crystal inside this thing. And it gets released uh, and keep in mind, like, there's water on the ground or whatever uh, liquids on the ground. And when that ball falls, the whole room just fucking gets frozen. Uh, oh, which, by the way, they're fighting and Simon Phoenix takes a big claw, which grabs all the blocks of ice and grabs uh, John Spartan's uh, body. And he's like, oh! <laughs> he's like his ribs are getting fucking squished by the thing um but he takes the the nitro uh get gas and like uh pretty much cracks one of the claws and that's how he gets out um which by the way annoyed me a little bit because he uses like one of the, those ropes to like <laughs> swing across to the next uh balcony and i'm like wouldn't it, that wouldn't that gas fr freeze you it expelled all this gas whatever yeah they have a fight though, and then, like, Phoenix shoots him like a million times, and never, they never hit each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, like, they, they have a good fight, and then he grabs like a, a fucking pipe or something, and then still like I always want to call him Stallone. Spartan sit there, it, like he he's been kind of fucked up. He's about to get like possibly killing blowed here, mm -hmm. and. He sees near him is like that little pod thing you're talking about with the little crystal that causes the freeze action. Mm -hmm. And he, he knows, like, oh shit, he's standing in water or whatever. It's like that gel or whatever the fuck. And he, Phoenix sees this. He's like, oh shit. And he knows they, they, they both swing, but Spartan manages to crack the crystal and he gets frozen and he escapes it by, or Spartan escapes it by hanging onto like a crane thing or whatever the shit. Then he kicks his head off, his fucking head flies off, and it shatters. It's yeah. fucking dead. It's cool. It is dead. It is cool. I think this was... Was this before T2, Judgment Day? No, this is after. After? Okay, so the the whole Nitro thing, um, that happened first. Maybe they took that from that movie. It's uh, possible. It's similar, kind of. Um, yeah, that was cool. And then the building blows up because I guess, you know, it started with the building blowing up and ended with the building blowing up. And it's just, Sylvester Stallone running in slow motion going. Ah, ah. I, 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 and then at the end, like the chief is there and he's like, I don't know what to do anymore. What do I do? And that's when John Spartan kisses Huxley and then Huxley kisses back. and Well, he does tell... They have a little... like It's like both sides of the society meet there. You have everybody that used to follow, live in the regular society. And they find out Cocktoo's dead and he was a secret asshole the whole time. Mm -hmm. 
and then you have the underground sewer people who are essentially normal people that don't want to live in the awful shit society. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, he's like, what do we do? I don't know what we do now. And then Dennis Leary is like, i tell you what you do. We're going to do all this shit. We're going to paint graffiti. We're going to get drunk. We're going <laughs> to... Like, Spartan's like, relax. Do, do a little bit of both in moderation, okay? We'll figure, we'll figure it out. <laughs> so technically, like, if we're going to foreshadow things, right? You have people that are used to, like, doing this dystopian way. And then you have, you know, people that are underground that are just like, we do what the fuck we want. So do you think, like, L.A. is just going to turn back to L.A.? <laughs> I mean, not like a war zone, but like uh, what we see as today, pretty much, where it's kind of like dirty and all that stuff. Well, the way the movie ends, it's on a positive note. So it makes you think, oh, well, everything will we'll go back to normal. What we what we knew as normal in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> uh but and, and that's how that movie ends pretty much yeah i i highly recommend this movie i mean the plot itself is kind of like silly but it's it's a good silly um it, it's an action movie pop, popcorn flick action movies Sylvester slow and wesley snipes fighting each other which all their fight scenes are good um wesley snipes is great <coughs> yeah he's my favorite it's, I did. I know it's his flub. It was super distracting. You ever notice how like how he's got like contacts in and one of his eyes is blue? Yeah. At some point in the, in the middle part of the movie, I think it's after the museum scene when he gets out, they're switched. Oh really? The opposite eye is blue, and then like the next scene, I was like, "What the fuck?" It, it was always his like right eye that was blue, but it's his left now, and then it's it switched back. <laughs> <laughs> they left that in. It's like, God damn it, you guys. They probably uh, they probably fucked up. He probably like took him out to feel comfortable. He's like, all right, we need you to do it again. He's like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. <laughs> but yeah, Wesley Snipes was great. Sylvester Stallone's Sylvester Stallone. What what can you say? Mm. Um, Sandra I th- Bullock was good too. Yeah, she was a uh, bearable in this. Uh... Bearable? <laughs> you don't like Sandra Bullock? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep on club the. There's some movies where I just like can't stand her. Um, the movies that I like her in is obviously Dem- Demolition Man, uh, Speed. Um, there's, there's a third movie I forget all the time. Uh, Gravity, she kind of pissed me off in. I don't think she was great in that. I mean, I guess I should clarify. I made it sound like I was a huge Sandra Bullock fan. I was like, you don't like Sandra Bullock? No, it was more just like I don't, I don't really like her or dislike her. I've never really seen her. A lot of the movies she was in. Uh, it, it's but... yeah. I, it's just. Other movies, she's unbearable, and I I can't stand her. But like, she was really good in this. Uh, well, good. you're you're unbearable. Okay. I can't stand you in this. Oh shit. So why are we doing a podcast? <laughs> we're, we're done because I don't know. I I need this job. I have kids. <laughs> I've got kids. I've got kids, man. Uh, but I was thinking about this movie because I'm like, man, they just don't. And keep in mind, I understand we're in a pandemic, so we're not gonna get these movies and movie theaters but like before the pandemic we rarely get any any type of movie that's like this anymore just like a stupid silly action movie um but it was a satire though it's key yeah it wasn't just and like it's not like it's sort of like robocop but 
this is even more on the nose than what RoboCop is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in that vein. It's like you watch RoboCop. You <coughs> probably watch Demolition Man. It's it's on it's on that road. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they don't really. They they really don't make movies like this anymore, or RoboCop for that matter. And when when they do, it's usually like straight to like Blu-ray or straight to like Netflix or Amazon Prime. And as much as I, me personally, I don't like theaters that much. I respect that these type of movies were in theaters because think about in the nineties, like people looking at. Back then, we used to look in newspapers to find out what movies we were going to watch. Um, you read the newspaper to find out what movie you were going to watch? Well, my dad always had uh, the newspaper and be like, well, what movie we want to see? And you know, I would look at it and be like, oh, I want to see the one with Sylvester Stallone. I want to see Judge Dredd. And I want to see that movie with him and Rob Schneider. Which you is- try the law. Yeah. No. So, like... A lot of people back then were probably like, "Yeah, I, I want to see fucking uh, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley fucking Snipes. He was he's big in the '90s. Like when you have those two headliners, um, you go see the movie because it's gonna be good. Um, and this movie's good. Like not every movie needs to be the Citizen Kane, right? Yeah, this this is kind of a, a product of a time we've passed because it's like. Uh, this is like this is definitely part of the <clears throat> '90s action movies, which is like arguably that everything got its. It took off a of Die Hard. Now Die Hard came out in '89, mm-hmm. but it's like after Die Hard came out, it's like every action movie kind of sort of tried to be like Die Hard in some kind of way. Big fucking explosions, gunfights, and quippy one-liner shits. And I'm not saying that stuff didn't exist before Die Hard, but it like because there was the Schwarzenegger movies and Stallone was doing movies in the '80s, kind of like that too. But the scale of everything was like really big in Die Hard compared to like a lot of those movies. And it's like this is an extension of that, and this is also the tail end of the uh, what I'd argue is the movie star era, uh, where you could make a whole movie just because Sylvester Stallone's in that movie. Yeah, the whole project rides on him being in the movie, and they don't make movies like that anymore. Well, that's like, why. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, but that's why I liked Expendables, right? Because yeah. Expendables is literally like the '80s and '90s type of action movies with all the action people in there. Wesley Snipes is in the third one. Hmm. Um, but it's like uh, one of the channels I watch. Uh, he kind of talks about movies stuff randomly here and there like incidentally and he always says this he always has this saying because he likes tom cruise he likes the mission impossible movies Mm -hmm. and he says like tom cruise was probably the last movie star the the last guy that came out of hollywood you could make an entire movie project around he still does it though and he he still does it well i'm saying i think he's kind of right because after tom cruise who is who is the movie star you can make movies around you can't do that with Bruce Willis anymore. Have you seen all the shitty movies that he's been doing lately on Netflix? Well, he's, he's basically irrelevant anymore. But still, he stopped. He, he, stopped, he stopped being relevant in the two thousands, honestly. Well, yeah, after that shitty um, diehard movies that they still cu- started spewing out, like that kind well, of. Well, I liked Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched it, but I did like it. Uh, I, the, the one after that fucking sucked, though. Yeah. 
now he does like films where there are some films where he's like he's okay but yeah i i agree with tom tom cruise is like the last one because anything that you put a name on it um you know he's still doing mission impossibles there's they're still fucking putting that shit out uh, he's still yelling at people for not wearing a mask and it's ruined the whole production if they piss him off or something yeah he's <laughs> he's doing he's he did maverick the second top gun movie so yeah so, so like you, let's think about this for a minute let's play with that like who 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 really is there after tom cruise you know they probably tried with a few people i feel like they tried it with christian bale but it didn't really work they didn't really get traction well they got mini traction because like he's done actually oscar worthy stuff but nothing a point to where it's like a very action movie, like, you know, just uh, popcorn flicks. Um, now, what I think could happen is like all the people that are in these comic book movies, like you could take maybe Robert Downey Jr. Well, no, I, I, I shouldn't say that because. No, because Robert Downey Jr. had credibility in hollywood before it's just that he kind of ruined his career with his personal life a little mm. and it, it, like iron man was a kind of a comeback movie for him but everybody else that was in those movies were fucking nobody yeah except for scarlett johansson i guess but uh like fucking chris hemsworth was nobody uh uh dude plays captain america was he he played fucking johnny storm in the bad fantastic four movies and he was nobody <laughs> you're right mark ruffalo mark ruffalo was a rom-com guy who's just in rom-coms that nobody even fucking remembers yeah yeah i i don't know because the only thing i could think that would be close enough to do that is since since we know those guys now in the in the comic book movies like you could take them and sometimes be stars but like i was trying to use the robert downey jr but now like Whatever role he does now, they're just gonna be like, "Why aren't you Iron Man?" And he's always <laughs> pretty much. He he's always gonna be known for Iron Man. From and here you on. can't even say the same thing for DC either, because like they actually went the route of getting actors people recognize for the most part. Like I don't remember Henry Cavill really being anybody before he was in Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. That kind of got his career going, I think. And he sort of became somebody after all that. But, like, fucking Ben Affleck is Batman, which still sounds weird to say. But you got him. You got Jason Momoa, who got famous off of Game Thrones bullshit or whatever, yeah. et cetera. Like, they, they weren't really nobodies. So I think Tom Cruise is the last actor. The last, the last movie star. Yeah, the last movie star. So, uh, it, it, some people may say that Hollywood is not Hollywood anymore. Um, I agree with that. It kind of isn't. It doesn't feel the same. It's all yeah. different now. Yeah, everything's... Uh, I mean, even though Hollywood back then was all about money, I, now it's just like... It feels very corporate-y, um, which that's a it whole... Was it, it was corporate before, but stuff felt more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> like, I always... Yeah. I always bring it up with all our past episodes. I'm like, they took chances back then in Hollywood. Like they, they had an idea. They took a, a chance and they would roll with it. Even, Waterworld. Yeah, that too. 
You think you think a movie like Waterworld would get made anymore? No. No, fuck no. Mm. So, like, now it's just like, if it's not this generic type of thing that all people love, then it doesn't get made in uh, in high production. Every, everything that gets a chance is usually done in indie movies. And in my, in my opinion, that's kind of sad. Um, yeah, it has to be like a director with a really proven track record to get a high budget. Mm-hmm. And then like, the, or the production company is willing to do that. And they get a star with some cachet or cast with some cachet. It's like, all right, we'll trust that. Whereas before, like, you know, 20 some years ago, you, Waterworld, this sounds like a great idea. Let's get Kevin Costner and fucking... Dennis Hopper, or uh, name any other big budget flop that they tried in the 90s and it just failed. Because they thought, on paper, it looked like a good idea. That was another movie star. There was a lot of Kevin Costner in the fucking 90s. Kevin Costner was fucking popular, and he's like one of those guys that's like, uh, <laughs> like people give shit to Kevin Costner because like he's just Kevin Costner and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I, I don't mind Kevin Costner. I don't mind you, sir. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but anyway, we we both highly recommend Demolition Man. Go watch it. Um, I don't know what Andy and Zach are going to be doing next week, and hopefully Andy's back from being missing uh, next week so we can get him off with that milk carton. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm sure it will be a nice surprise. Maybe they'll take my recommendation of Suburban Commando. We'll and, consider it. Yeah. But it will be a surprise, and then come back next week, and you'll see their episode. Um, we have some news to talk about, and no, this is not getting some color, but this is some getting color, getting color, gets. Oh, I can't speak. Getting some color news type. Um, because, Related. Yeah. So, take us away, Zach. Uh, CM Punk came back last Friday on Rampage. It turned out all those rumors were true. Uh. I was in the I'll believe it when I see it camp. I was the same. And uh, it happened and it was a big deal. And some guy cried and a bunch of people made fun of him because they were assholes. <laughs> he got a bunch of free stuff from everybody that mattered. So the eggs on their faces for being assholes now. Mm-hmm. But uh CM Punk came in, did a promo for like his whole segment was roughly twenty minutes. He took twenty minutes of the show, but pretty much. You you hit uh, you hit the nail on the head when we were talking on Facebook. He's like he's commanding the crowd. It was it was kind of unreal to see. By the way, even it was it's like when he would go to talk, he wouldn't even say oh please be quiet. He did a little bit later, but like when he would go to talk, everybody would shut the fuck up and listen to what he would have to say. Mm-hmm. Like it, without him even having to do that. Which by the way. But uh, this is kind of tying news because Booker T, when when did Booker T become like a fucking WWE kiss ass? By the way, uh, because he's not WWE's payroll, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so he came out with comments. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, where he's like, CM Punk comes back and he talks about WWE, and he's I'm, I'm paraphrasing again that it's the wrong thing to do. Um, now I I rewatch CM Punk's. Uh, promo and he 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 makes references to wwe but he never says it by the way he really barely talked about it at all yeah it was just really one small part of his entire promo 
it, the part that I think Booker T is talking about um, is when he's like, I never, I'm sorry, everybody, but like, I would have never got better if I never left the place that made me sick in the first place. That's all he said. And he said something about, I left pro wrestling when I left Ring of Honor in 2005. And then came back in 2021, meaning AEW. That's all he did. He didn't say WWE. He didn't even really directly reference him at all. It was really kind of out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so that, that like, kind of pissed me off. But then, like, you just brought it up. He's on WWE's payroll, so he's going to be that way. Uh, I don't even think he watched the whole fucking promo. I bet he saw, like, a 30-second clip. Because if he would have watched the whole promo, he would have known that. I'm not trying to take the, the piss out of Booker T or anything. I like Booker T. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to say, oh, he's on WWE payroll. I said that. I honestly think he just didn't watch the whole thing because he's probably a busy guy. He's got his own shit to do. Why is he going to watch 20 minutes of some fucking promo he doesn't fucking care about? He's pretty much out of the wrestling business, you know? Yeah. Here's what I think about the return. I think we need to see more tests with other crowds in other cities because he did come back to Chicago and we all know Chicago is crazy when it comes to CM Punk and wrestling in general and wrestling in general. So when he's at Milwaukee, which that is tomorrow, will they be loud? That is the question. Um, Probably not as loud as Chicago, but hopefully loud enough to have the CM Punk hype still keep on going. My only worry about CM Punk being in AEW or being back in general is he left once he took his ball and ran and didn't show up for seven years. And we all know how AEW does things where they all talk in a chat room to handle things. Uh, Maybe they're, I will say one thing, their medical is better than WWE. Um, Is it? (laughs) Is it when Matt Hardy gets concussed and they're just like, they clearly see he can't continue? And they're just like, yeah, keep keep going. Get to the finish. Or like when What's-His-Face got knocked unconscious and they just let the guy drag him across the ring and tag him in. All right, touche. <laughs> and various other fucking botches where you know somebody got fucked up and they keep going. Yeah, so my only worry, because we all know how the young talent they like to do flippy dangerous shit right so cm punk's not gonna do that shit well i know he's not gonna do that but like the other talent like he's facing darby allen first now we all know darby allen's good but he does do some fucking high-flying shit that he'll just throw his body and well i'll say honestly darby allen doesn't wrestle like a lot of those other people Mm -hmm. uh a lot of the stuff that hurts is mostly done to himself. The bumps he takes. And when he does the dives, he really lays the dives in and they, they look like somebody's lunging at you through the ropes instead of I'm doing a flippy spinny thing and you're going to stand there and catch me. Mm-hmm. No, like when he dives, it really looks like he's, he's lunging into somebody with everything he's got. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that probably hurts the most from him is honestly the coffin drop. Yeah. Because it's just like the swanton. I think I've told that story where it's like Jeff Hardy swanton is actually like super stiff. People talk about getting the wind knocked out of him and shit when he does it. <laughs> my Again, back to my worry is like he does have an attitude. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's where I could be like, 
if he's really being truthful in the ring with his promo, right, where he left professional wrestling with ROH and came back and he's excited to be working with all this young talent, if he's truthfully like that, then I'm excited for the product because that means CM Punk could work with talent to be like, hey, you don't need to do this shit. Just have a good wrestling match and have a good promo. And that that he'll he'll give him the honest truth. He'll not be like another uh, veteran who's just there for a paycheck. And I'm not saying that, you know, Big Show. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying like Big Show or like Christian are doing that. But I feel like they'd be like, oh, you know, I it's with the times. I guess you're doing a good job. But here's oh. here's a couple of pointers. But see, I think CM Punk will be like, that's fucking stupid. Can we do it this way? He's not afraid to say no. Yeah. And more than likely, if he's involved in a match, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'll accept some of your input, but I have every right to say that doesn't work for me, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably how that's going to go. And that's not even like touching whether or not he has some kind of creative control. He probably does. Uh, and what what have you. So uh, that's that's cool. I'm glad it happened. Uh, I'm excited. I'm actually more invested in uh, AEW now just because of that. Yeah, because uh, we're going to get good storylines with him and good promos, and we have the possibility. More good people are coming, too. Yeah. Um, I guess we could... Uh, do you have anything else about CM Punk that you want to talk about? No. Uh, the, everybody's been picking apart, like, the... They do these media s- scrums after shows or whatever, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they, they they did one that night after Rampage with CM Punk and Tony Khan. People have been picking apart that media scrum since it happened. Yeah. And just getting little tidbits of shit out of there. And it's that's not really worth talking about. The, um, I, I do want to bring this up because... I. As much as I give shit about AEW fans, there is some fucking shitty ass loyal bootlicking fucking WWE fans that, uh, and I'm not talking about the old fans because I let's all be real. Majority of like the old WWE fans that are like Attitude Era are probably watching AEW because of some of the hardcore shit and now seeing Punk there. Um, but they're just la- or they're just lapsed wrestling fans in general, like, or or they're gone. Or, or, or they're not there anymore. It's more of like the casual fans that go, oh, the only reason why CM Punk is there is to promote his fucking heels show, which is probably partially true that he's there because, oh, you know, what if I go back into wrestling and I, you know, say I have a show on Showtime with fucking, uh, what's that guy's name? Um, I forget. He wrestled Stardust or Co- Cody Rhodes. Um, I, whatever. Um, I, I'm just like... No, I believe fucking CM Punk when he says I'm back compared to The Rock when he says I'm back. Because remember when he came back from Hollywood the second time um, and he's like, I'm back. And people were like pumped up. And that's when he had a shirt that he says he's back (laughs) in The Rock. Um, And I, I believed it. Because I was one, I was like, holy shit, The Rock is back. We're, we're going to get, you know, all that shit happening. And it was pretty much to promote his stuff and to promote the John Cena versus The Rock thing. I don't believe I don't believe CM Punk is doing that. I think CM Punk is like, uh, obviously, 
there's something going on in AEW that's good. At, at, at least from a standpoint that it's going against WWE and making WWE kind of shake a little bit. They have momentum. Yeah. But, uh, it's confirmed CM Punk signed on for full time. Yep. So... Because yeah. he says, I'm available on Wednesdays, I'm available on Fridays, and four days and in, in, in Sunday, four times in Sundays or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic right now with him in a roster. And the only reason why I'm cautiously optimistic is because if he decides to leave again, that's going to, one, look bad for AEW. Uh, and two, I'm just never going to fucking care about CM Punk again. Honestly, I don't really mind that he quit because, quite frankly, nobody has the balls to quit anymore. Mm. Everybody's just like, it's like everybody in WWE acts like they're they're walking on eggshells or they're like not going to rock the boat because, oh, no, I might lose my fucking cushy position. Like Zack Ryder, that fucking doofus who did nothing. Like, he tried to get over, granted, but, like, he's pretty much spent 10 years buying fucking Boys. action figures off of his goddamn contract or whatever. Yeah. And it's like he gave up after that thing. And he was saying some kind of shit like, oh, I want to work hard. Let me work hard. He was like, try working smart, not hard. <laughs> <laughs> but what, whatever. Uh, the other news is uh, what they did to carry across... <laughs> After he lost the NXT title and showed up on Raw for forever. Do you remember the thing? Because I, I, I don't watch a lot of NXT. And I knew Karrion Cross was in there. I know he got hurt at one point, And then he came back. And then he won the title. Um, I watched Karrion Cross for the first time wrestle at TakeOver. And I, the first thing I said to you, I was like, wow, his entrance is pretty cool. Um, he was missing Scarlet though. She's a big part of his entrance. Yeah, and Monday Night Raw happens, and he's like a fucking Mortal Kombat character now. <laughs> he's like Dollar General Shao Kahn. That's what he fucking looks like. It's like some kind of really shitty Shao Kahn cosplay. I don't know if she was with him or not. Was she with him? I I, I just saw pictures. I didn't watch video. I, oh, I thought I saw the video of him killing Ricochet. That's all I saw. It's like he's wearing those goofy ass fucking suspenders in the ring, and I'm like, oh my god. It's <laughs> Vince. My god, dude. Like, I, I sometimes when I'm sometimes when we hear rumors, right? We hear rumors that like Vince fucking doesn't believe in NXT people, and I I'm starting to believe it now. All the rumors that we've been hearing because. Literally, Karrion Cross was cool before he went into the main roster. He looked silly, bro. And I'm doing a Vince Russo bro right now. It's it's so garbage. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, they... I mean, I'm not saying he would have come up and have been well-liked anyway. Because, honestly, when I first saw him, when he first came in NXT, I thought he was trying a little too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like he's kind of cooled off from that now. Yeah. Uh, and he tries hard when it's appropriate. <laughs> but, uh, now, yeah, now, they, like I said, they bring him up. They make him look like Dollar General Shao Kahn. And 
it's just that fucking headdress thing. It was what I was telling you. There was this rumors going around. People were trying to figure out why did they call him up and he loses to Jeff Hardy twice like a total doofus. And I think J- Jim Cornette said it first, and it turned out he was right. He was like, "There's there's a plan behind this. This is a Vince thing. He's gonna make it to where Scarlett's gonna come in after he lost twice, and she's gonna motivate him, and then he'll actually win." That's a Vince thing that Vince likes to do. So he, he that's why right. that's why Scarlett's not there, pretty much. Well, she is now, I guess. Uh. And that's why he looks different. And the, and the the rumors, the the reports we got were something like Scarlett's going to appear and awaken the warrior within. And that's what happened. They literally tried to make him look like some kind of weird fucking gladiator or some shit. It's like the modern take on a. Farouk Assad when they got Ron Simmons and they gave him that goofy ass teal fucking gladiator armor in the helmet and shit. I don't understand, man. I don't understand. It's totally two different it's it's night and day compared to main roster and NXT. When I watch NXT, I'm like, wow, even though I haven't been watching in a long time, I'm like the video packages and then the matches itself. When we talk about Walter and Ilya, um, wow. Like, that shit was amazing. Then we go watch main roster stuff, and then you have the warrior within fucking coming in and killing Ricochet. Which, by the way, Ricochet, if you ever listen to this podcast, you're buried, bro. Um, when your contract's up, fucking leave. Or I think it, he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> because... He was amazing in NXT. Fucking, even though he had, uh, when he came to the main roster, he like started shooting laser beams and shit because he's Ricochet, get it? Because lasers Ricochet and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I just can't anymore. Um, I, 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 don't get called up. I guess be a mid-carder in NXT, I guess. Well, they're changing NXT. There's rumors going around they're going to do big changes to it. Yeah, apparently it's going back to like how OVW was or whatever with NXT. It sounds like they wanted OVW, but guess what? When they had OVW, they did everything they possibly could to fucking ruin it. Mm. And then they also jerked around any of the talent that came out of AEW. Yeah. You got fucking Nick Densmore, who was a noted technical wrestler, who was like an awesome worker, and they gave him a... I'm sorry, they gave him a retard gimmick. That's, that's that's what they did to him literally mm-hmm. and then like you got like rob conway and who was like an awesome worker they put him in la resistance and they just jerk him around forever uh, the biggest casualty were like the basham brothers from everything i could gather fucking those guys were awesome wrestlers doug basham was supposedly amazing he was like an amazing heel mm-hmm. cut his hair and made him bald and Put him in the Bashams, and both those guys ended up hating wrestling. They drove them out of wrestling. Uh, Dolph Ziggler almost didn't survive the Spirit Squad. Yeah. He was, you know, all those guys that were in the Spirit Squad, those were great talents in OVW, and they gave him a cheerleader gimmick. And out of all those guys that were in there, a few of them were noted for being really great talents. They all quit the wrestling business except Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say anymore about WWE. There needs to be 
I don't know if maybe CM Punk, and, and keep in mind, there still needs to be some pieces for AEW, but I think CM Punk is leading the charge at this point to kind of, and I'm not trying to be like, AEW needs to be the best, right? I'm not saying that. I want AEW to be good because that means it's going to push Vince to be good. And if AEW becomes better, if they're hitting those millions and maybe two millions and three million viewers, Vince is going to see that. And maybe Vince might change things. But I don't know. Maybe they have so much money with Saudi Arabia and all that stuff that they just don't fucking care. Um, and I, 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 I don't know how they're going to make things better in the WWE at all. Um, I don't. Until until Vince is dead, I don't even think that it might it might come to that. No, because if uh, that depends on who who takes over what roles, Vince has his people that are loyal to him. But if he's out, they lose power. Don't know. There's supposedly there's an internal power struggle going on as we speak. Yeah, but um, what'd you hear about Adam Cole? Baby, uh, there's really strong rumors that he's just done with WWE. Like they're they're done. Good. So, like he's still under contract right now, but they're done using him. So we might not see Adam Cole for a few months, but we'll see him down the road mo- more than likely. I I think we'll see after his contract done. There's there's a no brainer. You know where he's going. His wife, uh, his girlfriend's there. His uh, friends are there. His friends are there. That's where he's gonna go. Uh, and honestly, he honestly he's got a better chance at being a bigger star there than in WWE. Mm-hmm. Because the problem there's only one thing wrong with Adam Cole, and that's that he's under six feet tall. Yeah. Well, Vince will see him and just think he's too small, and it, it kind of. I don't. I'm not saying Adam Cole doesn't work out. His physique doesn't really do him any favors either. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like you look at Adam Cole. He just kind of looks like a somewhat in shape guy. <laughs> uh, but in AEW, he could. Everybody knows who the fuck Adam Cole is. He's super over. He he made his name on the indies before. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll be a big star in AEW. Yeah, and he's a and he's a great wrestler. He's not like a lot of those fucking doofuses they have or anything. And he's good on the mic, so. Oh, he's great. He's one of the best talkers in the business. So, I I will say, like you said, there's momentum with AEW. There's still some bad things that happen in AEW, and which, by the way, is amazing because I think Jim Cornette kind of praised a little bit about the CM Punk thing. He kind of made like I would have done something different. Um, it would have been worse. He he admitted that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he he gave a little praise for that, um, which you know it's, it's good. I, there, there's good things happening. I I still think there's still puzzles that need to be fixed in AEW. I think the the power needs to shift a little bit away from the Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and all that stuff. From the EVPs. Yeah. But uh, is there other news that we, we need to talk about, or is that it? No, that's it. Everything else that is news, we're going to cover in our reviews of 
those shows on Thursday, which are SummerSlam and TakeOver 36. Yes. Um, one one thing we're going to talk about that I'll, I'll tease is Becky Lynch. That's going to be a big rant for me, and I hope it's you not, get It's not her fault. I know it's not her fault. None of this is her fault. <laughs> this is this is WWE top brass's fault, pretty much. Um, but I digress from that. Uh, I think we're going to end it here. It was a big, uh, always when we talk about wrestling, we'll be talking about it for a while. And especially since big news like CM Punk um, had to be talked about in big length. Yeah, uh, I feel like if we didn't do it here, we may get some color like four hours or something probably. Yeah. um like i said next week it's going to be andy and zach whatever movie they choose uh maybe they'll watch a show maybe they'll watch two episodes of a show who knows no andy hates shows oh yeah that's right it's gonna be a movie um (laughs) so if you want to catch getting some color or big trouble world podcast make sure you uh type those two shows into stitcher google podcast apple podcast spotify amazon music alexa every other thing that has a podcast in just fucking searches we're there um but until next time everybody i almost said get some color um see you next time (laughs) get some color thursday yes that too peace